Hello, and welcome to the podcast, formerly known as the Coast to Coast Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. And we're here to talk some NBA. Um, so, as we mentioned uh, on an earlier podcast, we have to talk uh, Jimmy Butler and the drama that's going on in Minnesota because there were a lot of developments uh, this week, um, starting with the practice. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jimmy's uh, behavior, the words that were said, allegedly, um, and all things Jimmy? Dylan, go ahead. I know that this it's going to seem like I'm a flip-flop, but I think we do fucking need him to win. <laughs> uh I think he's right about that. Maybe it was a huge statement for for practice, but it seems like he kind of made it a little bit bigger of a deal than it was. And the whole players-only meeting, I kind of loved that part. I loved it when he was talking about how his problems were with Tibbs and Layden and uh, Taylor and not with the team. He's turned this around completely for me. And his interview with... Rachel Nichols uh, kind of left the door open, didn't you think? Uh, I think it did. So, I mean, because he said, no, it's not resolved. And I think Rachel asked, well, well could it? <laughs> and he didn't necessarily say no. He's like, I don't think so, yeah. but is it? could it not be resolved? It might be resolved. Like, I don't know. He wasn't willing to answer the, answer the question for sure completely. Yeah, and it's, so a no is not a no. Um, or a not no is not a no, or not saying no when no is anyway. Uh, I'm what we're trying to say (laughs) is Jimmy Butler did not give consent, and so let's not trade him. Uh, so wow. Uh, I'm first. I'm glad that you have turned the corner on Jimmy and have acknowledged that uh, we need him to win. I'm a I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. I think he's a fantastic basketball player. This team is so much better with him. This is an insane situation, though. Um, it to me, what it seems like is he is trying to have complete control over the messaging that gets out to the point where he's willing to fabricate and leak anything. It seems like he's he's trying to cause chaos to make the team more willing to trade him because they want the chaos gone. Do you think it's to make the team more willing to trade him or is he trying to light a fire under everyone's ass? Cause he was specifically like calling out Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and saying like, they're more talented than I am. And I shouldn't be the hardest working player on this team because they have so much more to work for. I thought that that was the most poignant part of that interview. That, that was, I mean, that acknowledgement was awesome. Because, I mean, clearly he, he knows where he stands, you know? He, he's not completely insane because he's grounded in the fact that he knows that he is so good because he has really, really worked for it, not because he is... Uh, not that Towns and Wiggins haven't really worked for it, you know? Like, obviously, they're in the NBA, they've worked really hard, but he also acknowledges his shortcomings as far as, uh, you know, natural gifts, which is cool, I guess. See, my my thing is like if he wanted to to play here, this seems like a s- incredibly convoluted and fucked up way to try to get 
people to rally around him and like rally toward winning basketball games like it, to me there's no ra- like there's no rationale between this behavior unless you're just trying to be uh, purposefully obtuse and try to you know get the team to just like despise having you around because you are a, a constant source of chaos which this past week has been a constant chaotic event after constant chaotic event just boom 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 one after another it's like every day when i pick up my phone it's like something else has happened you know there's one other possibility though and this was acknowledged on the bill simmons podcast and i'm gonna i'm gonna uh shout out to that because i watched that uh, i listened to that two hour up two and a half hour episode uh last night or the night before uh with him and joe house doing the nba over unders oh yeah i think that I, it was a great pod i think that I think that there's it's possible that Jimmy Butler is not self-aware. I think that Jimmy Butler thinks that he's inspiring his team and I don't think that he's seen any different style of leadership at least when it comes to his coach because he's seen Fred Hoiberg who I don't know what his coaching style is but we know that his first coach and his third coach now Thom Thibodeau leads by yelling and by uh, kind of calling people out. So I think that that's his style of leadership or what he thinks is leadership. And it's not a good style. It's not something that's going to inspire players, especially not of the generation that Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are, which is like kind of a, a pretty sheltered generation maybe. But I don't think that he necessarily is saying all these things to want out, as you just said, or to get out of Minnesota. Okay, so 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 you think he actually wants to play basketball here for the season at least. It was so weird because he didn't seem to say like no, I don't want to play here. Like I, I we've seen a lot of players leave Minnesota, right? Mhm. In football, basketball, pretty much every sport, they want to leave, maybe not baseball. But in every other sport, and maybe not hockey, but in every other of the major sports, we see it time and time again. Players want to leave. They don't like it here. Um, He did not look like he didn't want to be here. He almost looked like he regretted a little bit of what he said initially, or at least in demanding the trade and all that stuff, when he was talking to Rachel Nichols, at least. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of, like, honesty in his voice and a lot of sincerity, which was was cool to see you know he seemed really just willing to be open i just don't trust it because he has been pulling the strings and leaking shit and he said it sure he said it could be fixed that was the quote he said it could be but now he has wronged the team i don't know i'm i'm really not exactly sure what the team did to wrong him but this is really insane behavior and like the rest of the team like Jeff Teague, Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, they're just like, can you imagine just showing up to work and uh, someone who doesn't want to work there <laughs> anymore is throwing a fit and like cursing and, and swearing at his bosses and insulting his coworkers? Like, cause I mean, it is a job. Like J- Jimmy Butler is, is doing his job when he's doing this. And that's not how you do a job that's insane that is like it's certifiably insane you know i just like it to me it, i just i can't really accept it as 
a motivational technique. If that's what it is in his mind, then um, he is not going to be successful anywhere that he goes because that is not going to work. <laughs> that's crazy. It's just flat out crazy. So here's why he needs to resolve this with the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler said that he wants to win, right? And there are just so many reasons why this is the best situation he could possibly be in. The best team he has ever played on was 50-32. and 32. That's three games better than the Timberwolves, and that was without their best player for 20 games. We were on pace to be the best team he had ever played on last year if he had stayed healthy mm-hmm. at the All-Star break. That's insane to me. And you want off of that team? Are you kidding me? Yeah. He, he's he's a lunatic. He doesn't want to win. He just wants out of Minnesota for some reason. And evidently it's not because of the players even, because he held that players-only meeting and then said in the players-only meeting that he was frustrated with management. So what is going on, Jimmy? You're, like, all over the board. Yeah. Um, although I will say, I will acknowledge that even though I think it's in- insane, like this, I think this is all crazy and I don't get it. I'm not an NBA player. I'm, I've never played on a basketball team. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know the dynamics of like how you relate to people on your team. You know, I've played plenty of pickup where people are saying horrible things and doing horrible things to each other. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's a lot different than, being a professional athlete on a professional team. So I I don't really have insight on how that works. And, uh, you know, from what I've heard is that Wiggins is fired up after that happened. Towns is apparently pretty fired up. Um, After they got blown out last night in that preseason game against Milwaukee, apparently Towns just, like, went off um, and was so upset and pissed off and said, it's not time for, it's okay anymore. We just have to, we, we can't get embarrassed. We have to be better. We have to be, you know, we're better than this. So, you know, maybe that's a fucking, that's a fucking preseason game where he was only played 11 minutes in the first half and it was already a blowout by then. That's Carl Anthony Towns is, he's such a cheese ball. Um, (laughs) he is. And he, he like makes huge deals out of like really small things. And then he like tries to say the right thing and say like, Oh, I just, I just want to make this team win or whatever. And, like, it, everything that Carl Anthony Towns says is just cookie cutter. And But I do love that he's kind of echoing what Jimmy Butler said because now he's, like, trying to be – maybe it sounds like he's trying to be Jimmy Butler's crony. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So far he hasn't said anything publicly about it, has he? I've been searching, like, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler reaction like crazy since the practice, and I haven't heard anything, which doesn't surprise me. I think he's going to just try to handle it, like – a normal person would and not really talk about it and just like keep I don't that, know if that <laughs> to himself I, you know I I don't think that's normal anymore I think that's the way of the Spurs and I think that's gone by the wayside I think the way the way that's normal is to subtweet about it and to <laughs> to talk about it in public but yeah okay so I, maybe I not do, normal maybe healthy is the right word <laughs> the healthy way no that's a good way to do it and I'm uh-huh. glad that he's not talking about it directly but um, but as we know, like Carl Anthony Towns always knows how to say the right thing. He's like a PR god, mm-hmm. but he has no personality. No, nah, none at all. Well, hopefully he's talking to you know his therapist about his feelings as far as Jimmy Butler goes, because otherwise, if he doesn't have some sort of outlet, that's gonna 
fucking that would drive me crazy. Also, I think as he gets older, he's going his personality will come out more and more. I mean, even with LeBron James, you're starting to see him become like a real human being as he uh, as he gets more involved outside of basketball. Yeah, that's been one of my favorite things to witness is the evolution of LeBron James's personality. He just is so open and so real and so raw, and he's earned every bit of of that right to 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 say what he feels and and say what he means and mean what he said. It's he's God. He's he's amazing. He is amazing. He really relieved that chip on his shoulder when he um when he won the championship in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's just been on fire. Like he's been such a real person. He's not subtweeting other players on his team and telling them to fit to fit in rather than try to fit out. <laughs> right. And uh, he's gotten rid of all of that petty bullshit. And I think it's because he knows now he is on he's on the tier of Michael Jordan. Yep. He joined it. He joined it once he won in Cleveland. And I'm not saying he's a better basketball player yet. If he wins in L.A., it, then he's the best basketball player of all time. He'd be the first player to win on three different teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be that would be an unbelievable accomplishment. I'm really rooting for him. And I'm really rooting for this Timberwolves situation to um, come to yeah. some sort of like at least just relaxing point, you know? Really? I, I kind of love it where it is. I <laughs> love the heat that that uh, Jimmy Butler has given to the cold Minnesota. It's so great. Everyone's yeah. talking about about the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. And and I think that that's a good thing. I think that that makes players feel like this is this is on us. This is our year. We need to do something, and I think the only player that uh, that we really need to uh, think about getting rid of at this point is Jeff Teague. Yeah. Because here's the other thing. I said a lot of bad things about Jimmy Butler, but I've gone more into the stats since I said those bad things, and I've been trying to figure out how good of a player he was, he is and where he would be ranked in terms of like the top 15 players or so. And... I was looking at uh, his catch-and-shoot numbers, and he was 39% on catch-and-shoot last year. I don't think he was the problem in the offense anymore. I'm beginning to think that we didn't have a facilitator to get him the ball because he was taking the ball down the court. He was the one who was getting the ball to Carl Anthony Towns and to Andrew Wiggins, and he's not a point guard. We need a point guard who can facilitate. And unfortunately, we got rid of Ricky Rubio in favor of a more expensive Jeff Teague. I think this team would be 10 times better with a Ricky Rubio. Right? I mean, really, we don't, like uh, the Wolves do not need a scoring guard at all because Absolutely not. all of our all of our all of our team is scoring. That's all <laughs> the, the only players we have are scoring players and Taj exactly. Gibson. Um who is a better scorer than ever on this team? I don't I don't yeah, uh, so it would just be great to have a, 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 a point guard, whether it's Ricky Rubio or someone else, who is pass first um, and can shoot a decent percentage from the three. That's all. But yeah, I'm I'm just glad that that Jimmy Butler is in Minnesota. That that was a big move for me. That that made me love him a lot more, and I love. I love that he's calling out management because it's time that someone did that. Uh, on all on all sides. I mean, 
Thomas Thibodeau is <laughs> has been running his players into the ground for the last three years, and it's like he hasn't learned anything about basketball in his time off uh, from coaching the Bulls. Yeah, I just I really hope that this whole drama can stay throughout the season because I think it's going to make the Timberwolves better in some kind of weird way. Yeah, you know, and it, motivation is key. Teams need to be motivated to to be good. Everybody needs motivation to to work at their highest level. Um, and the the Wolves did not strike me as a very motivated team last year. Um, so hopefully this will you know this will make a make a difference, and we'll we'll see some more passionate basketball on the floor, which is <laughs> is not too bad. Yeah, I think. Oh man. So I think ultimately we have to keep in mind maybe a, a higher ceiling for the Wolves than we may have had before. Uh, I think that the Wolves have a chance with Jimmy Butler to win close to 50 games because they're not worse than they were last year mm-hmm. uh, if they have Jimmy Butler on this team. I also think that the floor could be bigger. Uh, because the this if Jimmy Butler leaves and this turns into a catastrophe, they could be a 38-37 win team and be 12th in the West. Yeah, which would be bad. <laughs> that would be very bad. So I think I think we both agree that the best case scenario is that the season starts with Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is on the team until at least December 15th. Um, And we see how it works. Like, I think regardless of the chemistry or whether the players like each other or not, like I said, that team with Jimmy Butler is good enough to win a lot of games. Um, And so if if we can keep this this tension rising and Jimmy Butler's market value rising for long enough to like reach that peak, like optimum package and optimum relief once he's gone for the rest of the team then i see potential for us to maintain the the winning from having jimmy butler just as like uh thank god this guy is gone like let's fucking do this and prove to him that we don't need him to win you know um i think that is the the best case scenario for this team because jimmy's gone after this year anyway so we need to get something back for him Right. I totally agree. And I think the I think the biggest thing uh is or I I think the biggest thing to look out for right now is that we could be trading Jimmy Butler to the Rockets by the time uh the trade deadline ends. And I think the best thing to do right now if that trade is going to happen is to wait until December 15th because they signed a bunch of players that aren't going to be open for trading until December 15th. And maybe that's already happened. Maybe we've already talked with Houston. Maybe we've already talked with some of these other teams, but nothing's going to be able to happen because players can't move until December 15th. And um, like Clint Capella or, um, or whatever they're going to give us, like they, they're going to have to give us at least one player that they signed in the off season. So uh, I would love an Eric Gordon, Clint Capella trade. Mello. If you could get rid of Gorgie Jang. No, I don't. No, <laughs> you can't give. <laughs> you can't get back Mello on a minimum. There's no way that that trade would work out. <laughs> but, oh, they can um, find a way. 
Daryl Morey is very creative. I can't wait to see what our defense would look like with Carly Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Carmelo Anthony on the same court. Dude, you know what's crazy? What? Clint Capella and Gorgie Jang are making the same amount of money. Right? We need to get rid of Gorgie Jang and get Clint Capella. Um, uh, I love Gorgie, though. I don't want him off the team. He's such a... He is, he's been so bad over preseason. He looked like not. He looked like he'd never played basketball before. It was so bad. Sometimes he looks like that. I don't know. I <laughs> sometimes it just like he just forgets how to play. I think he's but just he, he's just thinking about his charity or something, or he's thinking about being back home, and he's just like oh oh, and he forgets that he's on a basketball court or something. I don't know. I know everybody <laughs> loves Senegal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he is missing Gorky Jang is missing all of his like when they they pass him to uh to those long range twos mm-hmm. he's sitting in that spot of the court where he's wide open and he always makes those and he's been missing them all the way throughout the preseason I'm not going to overreact to it because he was automatic from there from for the past two seasons but uh I'm worried about Gorky Jang I'm worried about that contract now uh a lot more than I was the last time we were talking about the Wolves, at least. I don't know what happened, and I don't like it. Um, but I like Gorgie Jang, so I'm I'm rooting for him. Um, but he's was uh, he's really good at drawing charges. That's probably his most uh, it's probably his <laughs> most useful skill, honestly. That's that's definitely his most useful defensive skill is drawing charges. In twenty Great. in twenty sixteen seventeen, here's a stat for you. In twenty sixteen seventeen, Gorgie Jang. Played 32 minutes a game and drew a quarter of a charge a game. <laughs> so, great. You tell me a- that $15 million is an overpay after hearing that one. I will. <laughs> All right, we need to move on from the Wolves. We need to actually get into this, get into the meat of this podcast. Yeah, we do. Um, oof. All right, I'm glad to take a break from that and move on to the other teams that I don't have, a, you know, a personal emotional investment in. I do want you to talk about what Jeff Van Gundy has been saying and what uh, KG has been saying about this situation and just kind of the level-headedness that they've been that they've had. Oh yeah, well, I mean, KG, you know, he's like, he like doesn't know what Jimmy's doing. He was like, I'm a I'm a Minnesota guy. I'm MN for life, which is really amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy that he uh, loves Minnesota so much. Um, but he was retire like, his jersey already. Seriously, Glenn, Glenn, um, petty, petty. Yeah, you know, I think Glenn is hoping that Kevin Love comes back to Minnesota so he can retire his jersey before he retires Kevin Garnett's jersey. Um, oh my god! But this is still just in the theory that uh, Glenn Taylor is a horrible racist. That I'm. I'm just like I'm diving into that theory, uh, and, uh, and I'm not holding back. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just proud of us not putting the Wolves in the playoffs in our rankings. Yeah, I that's think... <laughs> that's the most fair thing we've done. Seriously, what restraint? Um... <laughs> uh, we might we might have been wrong about the Nuggets. I think the Nugget. Well, but we might be right about the Nuggets. I I'm not as high on the Nuggets as everybody else is. I've been hearing like. Uh, they're over unders forty seven point five. Yeah, Zach Lowe loves the Nuggets. Holy shit! Jeff Van Gundy loves the Nuggets. Um, Everyone loves, the, loves nuggets. the Nuggets. 
I love that we don't love the Nuggets as much because I really do think there's a possibility that Paul Millsap isn't going to be the same player ever again, and I think that there's a possibility that Nikola Jokic isn't as good as Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. What about those two things? Like, if those two things are, are true, then their team is worse than the Timberwolves, even mm-hmm. without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, if Jokic doesn't get better, if actually if starting Will Barton at your small forward makes your team defensively worse and there's not enough offensive improvement – uh that's an issue you know so and and like who knows if will barton can handle starter load who's on their bench uh mason i don't have i don't have any other information right now mason Um, mason plumley wancho hernan gomez malik beasley tory craig uh terrible maybe isaiah thomas And, and Isaiah Tom, like everyone, they're, they're counting on Isaiah Thomas to play, but he couldn't play on his last two teams. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, I don't think we were this wild up about the uh, Nuggets last time we talked about them, which is too bad because they were at the very end and we were like, uh. Um, well, we, I mean, we were like, on, I'm sure we said under on 47 and a half. Yeah. Didn't we? Because we, mm-hmm. we had them below the Wolves. Yeah. I'm seeing Nuggets as 45, probably 40. You are? 40, 44. I'm like a little bit higher on them than, than it, when we recorded, but. Oh, that's what that's what your opinion is. Yeah. 44. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have them at 47 and a half online, and I just don't see a way that they're that much better than last year. I mean, not the whole West is the whole West is better, and they're not a game and a half better in comparison to the rest of the West. So I don't understand why. Uh, well, cool. We have thoroughly. Uh, talked about the Timberwolves and I'm sure we'll have another Timberwolves specific pod uh, within the week or two weeks because something seems to always be happening Um, thanks for chat Dylan thank you Chalanga yep we're out of here